Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to this first episode of Anime Infinity. As always, make sure to check out and show some love to JD over at the Anime Brothers Podcast, because this episode would not have been possible without him. We had a lot of fun, and I hope that you will too, so uh, please enjoy the episode. Hello everyone and welcome to the Anime Infinity Podcast. And today I am joined by JD from the Anime Brothers Podcast. How's it going, dude? Uh, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling like number one today. That's that's how I'm feeling after we just talked. I'm the number one first guy on here. Let's let's give a holla. Holla. You know it. It is in fact the first episode of uh, my new podcast that we got going on here. Uh, as long as scheduling goes well, uh, you will be number one. And uh, you know, I'm excited to see how it goes. Thanks for coming on. No problem. I love the title of the podcast, too, so it's really good. I actually didn't know what it was called until just now. I'm like, oh, I like it. I like it. You know, I just realized that, too. Yeah, I I haven't actually publicly said it yet since this is the first episode. The podcast hasn't gone up on any of the uh, of the platforms yet. So it's, you know, we're just we're learning, you know, (laughs) we're putting it out there. I like that. I'm like the training arc right now of this podcast. It might be. It might end up being one of the rougher episodes, but you know what? We're we're just going to see how it goes. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. So, uh what have you been going on? Anything uh anything big happening with the podcasting scene or or anime? Well, you know, I, I'd like to say that there's a lot going on. Problem is is you know, we all got lives. It's it's kind of busy and hectic, but the one thing I always like to talk about and there's no way we can't talk about it. I won't spoil anything, but we are doing a separate like Attack on Titan for the Anime Brothers podcast. And as I've watched every single week now, I never usually watch one episode a week. The hype for the show and like every episode just engages me so much more. So yeah, we're doing an Attack on Titan podcast talk like every week, and that's what I I'm enjoying doing. Like I've actually gotten more excited doing podcasts because of that. So it's just great. Yeah, that's something that's always been interesting about anime is it's a very, like, communal, you know, thing. Like, that's why a lot of people love watching Weekly is because there's that discussion. And it's really interesting to see how many different people like to talk about, especially, like, Attack on Titan, just every single week, just talking about it. I personally haven't watched the newest part of the season yet because I like to wait for it to be over, but it is really difficult to avoid those spoilers for sure. Oh, I, I'm so sorry. I, I knew it couldn't do it. After the first part of the final season, I was get, I was waiting. I was waiting for the entire thing to finish, and I kept getting so many glimpses of like shit that was going on. And then this season came out, and I'm like, no, I'm done. I, I got to do it because I know I'm going to get spoiled, and it's going to be almost impossible to stay off the internet. So, yeah. Dude, YouTube thumbnails are a death sentence. It's horrible. Yeah, I had something spoiled with a thumbnail. I'm like, you guys are assholes. <laughs> it's so bad. It's like it, the, the episode comes out and then like 30 minutes later, someone's posted something somewhere on the internet, with which is just like a panel of like the biggest spoil from the episode. Yeah, don't read the comment section either. If you read the comment section, you're just going for a death sentence at that point. <laughs> yeah, it's bad for sure. Uh, anything else going on though? No, but other than that, um, 
I, I know I get excited about it, but when it comes to like other things other than just anime, I, I play a lot of cyberpunk. I kind of you know go geek out on that. I've been like falling in love with the whole like setting of cyberpunk, and I heard there's an anime coming to Netflix, which. Netflix is a hit or miss with anime, I know that, but I'm very excited to see what they do with it, and so I'm just ready for it. Is it specifically a Cyberpunk 2077 anime, or...? It's set in the same entire world. It may not be like the character V that you play in the game, but it's going to be the entire... It's going to be Cyberpunk, but anime form. So, I don't know. I I got to see Arcane, and uh, I I have a feeling it's going to be some kind of like setting like that, but definitely more futuristic because it's in Cyberpunk. And I don't know, I think they're going to do a good job. Hopefully they put some time and effort into it. Yeah, that's interesting for sure. Like, I mean, yeah, like you said, Netflix, it can be hit or miss with the, you know, the originals that are on Netflix, but they're always interesting. Like, for the most part, whenever Netflix gets gets an original, whether it's good or bad, I don't usually have a horrible time watching it, at least. Yeah, I know there were some that you had watched. I, I think one of the ones I hate the most, Demon Guy, Sword Guy, or whatever the animation um was on netflix and that was like one of the first ones i dropped so there's definitely bad anime on there but there's also been really good anime so yeah for sure i mean just the anime industry in general is is hit or miss usually usually there's only like four or five shows a season that are really worth watching and the quality on the rest of them is just not there but i mean hey we're here for a reason like (laughs) we like the good and we like the bad what what can we say I know there's there's too much anime to cover them all. I'm trying to become a sensei, but you know it takes time. <laughs> we'll all get there eventually. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, okay. With that, I think uh, we're about ready to move on to the to the main topic. What do you think? I'm actually ready for this uh, because I don't watch many anime movies, and uh, you came with this recommendation, so I was excited to talk about it. Yeah, before we before we get going on that. Uh, that leads me into we can discuss a little bit about what this show is going to be uh you know anime infinity like i said my goal here for at least the first while is to do bi-weekly releases of anime film reviews and discussions with a primary focus on having different guests on to get a variety of different opinions and you know just having different tastes because i i will stick pro probably in my own little sphere of what i'm interested in watching but if i have somebody else on uh they might pick something very different from what you would be interested in watching so i get a i get to talk about and watch a lot of different types of films and just you know discuss it on here for uh, whoever's interested in listening I, and I actually like this idea. I'm just going to talk it up real quick, this whole idea, because I come from somebody that watches a lot of anime genres that are not even in my spectrum because I have someone like Earthworm on the show, and I always am honest about my opinions. I'm not going to be like, well, I hate the show, so if I have to watch it, I'm going to immediately say it sucks. No, I'm going to give it my full review, and if I enjoy it, wow, you you changed my mind, and that's that's what I like seeing that you're doing. It's kind of a good idea right there. Yeah, because as much as I like to say that I'll watch anything when it comes to anime, uh, which is is true for like a lot more than with live action films, I will I am willing to watch pretty much anything. That doesn't mean I'm going to actually go out of my way to watch something <laughs> yeah. that just looks completely uninteresting to me because I do want to have fun. But if I say I'm gonna record a record an episode with someone and they want to watch something from like the '60s, if they pick a '60s film, Ooh. I'm going to watch the '60s film. <laughs> like as much as I might not want to watch it, I will. I will do it. And 
you know, I, I think it's going to be fun because it'll get me to experience things that I never would have experienced before. And like part of the reason why I came up with the idea to have this be the focus of the show is people, I feel like anime films don't get talked about enough. Like, it there's the access to them in the West is not they're, they're not nearly as easily accessible as say a, a seasonal television show so they don't get as much spotlight as I think they deserve a lot of the time and mm-hmm. I just want to you know enjoy them and then and spotlight them and uh, I think it's I think it's gonna be fun. I have a hot take on that for myself why I think that is at least on my my end why I don't really focus on movies. Um, it's kind of like the reverse effect of Earthworm. He hates live action movies. He doesn't want to sit there for two hours and try to get all of the story, everything done, and then it's over with. He likes watching anime because it's like in TV form where you can watch two episodes at 20 minutes, take a break, come back, and keep on going. It's like you're not made to sit there. Yeah. So I feel like the reverse for an anime movie, I don't want to watch something that's a quick hour and a half, two hours. All right, that's it. That's the end of the story. I feel like anime deserves to have a longer runtime to fully delve out the story. It's so backwards, but I think that's what is always in my brain um, where I just can't watch a movie because I'm like, oh, this is going to be a one and done and I want some real depth to this, you know? That's so interesting because that's kind of the opposite of why I like watching anime films. <laughs> I know, I know. It's, it's, it's completely different. But I'm sitting here going like I'm the opposite of Earthworm. He hates watching live action movies and I love watching live action movies, especially because I know they'll be done after I've just sat for two hours. Yeah, and that's that's why I like anime films because I'm far more likely to watch something that I have zero interest in if I know that all I got to do is turn it on for two hours and then I'm completely done with it because – as a lot of people know, I definitely drop things. <laughs> I'll drop oh, anime very easily. Oh, do you? <laughs> so if I know going in, like it doesn't matter how much I hate it, all I got to do is just sit down in one place for two hours and then I'm done. I don't have to worry about clicking next episode like every 20 minutes for whatever, six hours or whatever to actually get through the whole thing. So I've watched plenty of like films that I, if it was a, TV show I never would have even considered watching and in some cases you know it's a blissful surprise like I honestly a lot better than I expected because it just being able to just turn it on without having to think too much about it and just enjoy it I, I like that I like that about films yeah that makes a lot of sense you know that you say it sometimes when I recently I watched seven deadly sins and I'm like all right I'm gonna finally get to that third season and start finishing it and I just looked at the, how long I got to go and I'm like is it worth it is it worth it and then I just dropped it I, I couldn't do it so I can see where if you just have two hours and you're done it feels a lot better yeah and sometimes it, it can be so difficult to start a new show at least for me like I'll I'll really want to watch a new anime but I'm just like looking at like just scrolling on Netflix or whatever like I don't want to start any of these like I recently I watched uh, a comic got kill and it was like 24 episodes just getting myself to start it <laughs> being 24 is, is episodes. it worth watching I, I uh, no. Earthworm says I should because I want people to die in shows but I'm like it's not that kind of point where I want people to just die I just I don't know I didn't know if it's worth watching or not Here, I won't drag this out for too long because I mean the show's really popular and you know came out in 2014 but it's it's not great. Like I I had enough fun. To, I mean, I got through it in like a day or two, and it was like twenty four episodes. And you know, okay. for me, that's pretty good. But 
the show itself is predictable in a way that I can't even describe. <laughs> like, I didn't have any stakes for any of the characters that died because I was able to predict every death in the correct order episodes before it happened. <laughs> Oh, that, yeah, that's really, that means you're, you're like Sherlock Holmes over here, so. But I'm usually not. Usually I have no idea. I get blindsided by everything. And then over here, I noticed one specific element of the show that made me call every, every single death. I'd be like, okay, that person's next. Without fail, they always were. So <laughs> it didn't really matter that the characters were dying or how much I liked them because I knew that it was coming and when. So it, it kind of took Fair me out enough. of it, but. I mean, I guess I can see why, like, almost two million, two million people have it on their my anime list, but not great. But the point, the point was, um, with it being 24 episodes, most of the time, if it's like longer than 12, I really have to work up to just even start it in the first place, you know, because I don't, if I don't think I'm going to like it or I don't know, you know, it's like, oh, then that's just another, it's just another show dropped, just adding it to the to the list of two 200 plus shows that i've that i've dropped to this point. your huge list yeah <laughs> massive list of dropped shows so if it's if if it is a movie then i don't really have to worry about that because i can pretty consistently finish it like unless i'm just really really bored or i fall asleep i'll probably finish it if it's a film and then that adds to the completed list and you know i like numbers going bigger when it's positive <laughs> right um how do you feel about the film? Because we, we can just move into the discussion. So we're, we are talking about today the 2015 film by Mamoru Hosoda, The Boy and the Beast. And you, you have not seen any of Hosoda's films, I don't think, have you? No, um, I, now please, no one come after me, but what are some of his other works if, if you know? Um, I don't uh, I know if you, you. do. No, his, oh, you got me? Okay. Yeah, honestly, I think I have his, like, his whole repertoire, uh, just off the top of my head. Uh, Wolf, Children, Summer Wars, The Girl Who Leapt Through Time. Uh, he did a Digimon movie. I'm not sure which, oh. which one. Um, he did a movie called Mirai and the recent Bell that just came out last year. Okay, I have heard some of those titles. So, I, unfortunately, especially since I don't watch a lot of anime movies per se, um, I don't really know any of his work. So, I came in here very blind. Uh, uh, also... I came in with the idea that, uh, not going to lie, this is like one of my first ones where beasts are kind of involved, like the furry kind of complex. I don't watch really a lot of animalistic uh, films. So this was a first for me in a lot of things. So uh, my first reaction was, it's different. Um, but that opening, uh, and I'm not we're not getting into spoils yet, but like the opening of the film with like the... Um, I don't know how to describe it. Like everyone's like a soul flame or something like that. And it's kind of giving you the backstory of this story. Um, hit me so well because I am a sucker for some like music playing with like, uh, fiery like, uh, animation where people are just swinging their, you know, staffs or swords around and like a real like, you know, Japanese feel. I don't know. I really liked it. So it was a good start. Let me just say that. Yeah. No, the opening, like the beginning, it always, it, it's probably like one of the best ways you can like start like a movie like this. I find it really interesting because for one, the 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 whole soundtrack in this film is just phenomenal. I definitely oh, it's top notch. I, oh, I enjoyed the soundtrack it's a lot. So good. It's uh, the songs are very pleasing and they fit 
really well for like whatever the situation but i love the use of like instruments like the the different like woodwinds and stuff that aren't typically used in like uh, anime soundtracks they're usually more i feel like usually more like rock heavy like electric guitars oh and stuff. yeah this <laughs> is this just remind I mean, and i don't want to like be uh sounding horrible where i don't know exactly what the instruments were for using it's just it sounded like traditional like japanese or some kind of music that I can't explain what's all in the sound of it. It just, it, it got me hyped. It got me excited. It got me into the opening. It's like a really good grab you and be like, all right, this is going to be a good show type of feel. Yeah, it just feels so good. And like you said, with the animation, like it, it pretty much just starts off with like some, like two of the characters talking, you know, giving the backstory and just this almost like martial art ish like animation of like s character silhouettes just in flames just dancing around it very like very dance and flow like while it's still looking like fight choreography basically and it was just so pleasing and then it goes into you know the the setup for the film which uh we can describe that right now we we will touch on spoilers in probably 15 minutes or so something like that we'll we'll get to, into the spoilers but for right now the movie essentially just starts off with a, a young boy named Ren who uh, his mother dies. She passes away and he's pretty much left on his own and he runs away due to family reasons. And he's found by a beast man, as as you mentioned, J.D. And mm -hmm. he event he basically with nowhere else to go, he decides to follow this this beast man and he ends up in a world parallel to to Earth. Um, it's a world of beast people. And the the film is it's very fatherly. I think that's the biggest thing that like I take away from it. It's like a father oh, son tale, which is which is I feel like there's not a ton of that in anime, so that's that's definitely fun. And it's like a father son tale with um a lot of like uh, fantasy ish supernatural elements to it. Um, of this boy growing up and just like learning what it means to be strong and who he is you know finding finding his place in in both of these worlds and what it is that he wants to achieve it definitely has the shonen feel that's for sure yeah that's so, what i got from it oh go ahead oh no 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 you're fine i was just saying it definitely has that shonen feel of like like you said he's trying to find himself and become stronger which is like what do you mean by stronger it just felt like that i gotta be stronger myself as a person because he, as you just said from the beginning of the show he's gone through a lot and he's very very young and uh, he's just trying to find himself mm, yeah he he starts off the film at i think nine years old and just he just goes through some some rough shit but I mean, I th I th I think I like the start for sure. Um, I've seen this movie uh, three times, and every every single time, uh, what always stands out to me is just how accessible it is. Because a lot of like Ma every single film basically that Mamoru Hosoda has done, it's a very like family focused. Um, like film like a family experience that you can watch it with a lot of anime films are great but you might not want to watch it with like you know your little sister if she's like you know <laughs> under the age of 12 <laughs> or something like that right right <laughs> and what something that's interesting because you mentioned you mentioned uh offhand furry uh hosa i th i feel i don't want to like talk out of my ass but i feel like he's a I feel like he's got some furry uh, tendencies because basically he might almost, be a furry. <laughs> almost every single film that he's done has some some sort of like f underlining furry element to it, which is which is interesting. I mean, Wolf Children is like about a, a, 
a, a, a girl who literally bangs a wolf man. So, so I mean, there's that. Oh, uh, okay. All <laughs> it's right. It's a good film. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good movie, but it's definitely different. Um, but I, you know, I've heard a lot of people say that uh, The Boy and the Beast is Mamoru Hosoda's worst film. That is not something that is uncommon. Really? Yes. Wow. I mean, for the amount of praise that you've probably seen, if you like look at the My Anime List reviews or whatever, you that might be shocking. Yeah, IMDb also gives it a pretty good rating, too. Because it is a good movie, but he's a he's a pretty like prolific director. Like when it comes when you think of directors in the anime film sphere, most people think of like Hayao Miyazaki, Makoto Shinkai, and Mamoru Hosoda like first and foremost. Like those are the names that come to mind, along with some of the other like old greats and everything like that. But for modern, especially, those are the ones that really come to mind. So like he's he's pretty famous, and he's done some really good films. But everyone just kind of dismisses this one when talking about his films as a whole because they, they like to say that, it, oh, it's just – it's basic. you know It's it's the most dumbed down of the stories that, that he can tell. But I don't – I mean it is. It is basic. I don't think that his films are especially like super deep. But I don't think that should really take away from it. Like I mean I'm sure you – I'm sure you had a good time watching it even if you didn't absolutely love it. Like – from the production values of the animation just being you know the animation is absolutely stunning and yeah all i mean the characters were good i don't really have a lot of like negative like things to to throw at it i can i can do some nitpicks and stuff and when we get into spoilers i'm sure we'll talk more about negatives in a bit but i think overall the film is just really enjoyable and just a good time there's some there's some real wholesome moments in just times when i'll just like want to just throw my arms back and just enjoy it and just be like yeah that's good <laughs> that that's good yeah, I, I think until we get to the spoilers i'll then get to the really nitpicking parts because it's just like you said for me i didn't sit here and go like there's some other anime i was forced to watch which i can't say what it is yet because it hasn't come out that i didn't enjoy at all and i wanted to end this i didn't hate it uh, but it's just a very uh, comfortable show, a very like we didn't do anything too reckless. We didn't also make it like we didn't put enough effort. They did just enough to get by. That's what I feel like. It is a very safe show for sure. So in terms of like your first impressions, um, what, were, what were like other than the, the things you mentioned before? Like, what were the things that really stood out to you the most uh, going in? Because you didn't really know anything about it going into it, right? No, actually, I didn't. I read a little of the synopsis. I, I also look at covers of things. Um, yeah. I think we talked about it on the Anime Brothers. One of the big things I like to do is look at the image. If it has cool artwork, I'm like, I can give it a shot if it looks cool. I like the idea, even though I don't watch a lot of furry things. Like it has uh, uh, Kumatetsu and Kyota both standing there with the like, you know, standing side by side. He's got the sword in his hand, and they're just sitting there. I don't know. I like swords, so immediately I was like, this is going to be interesting. Um, and I, I'm a shonen guy, uh, like you just said, with the opening martial arts scene, I was, I'm, I'm ready for anything martial arts. I'm ready for anything that's going to have one-on-one -on -one fighting. So it definitely was like my first impressions, like this is going to be not high octane action, but it's definitely going to be a learning show, but also between a master and a, uh, a student. And I'm all for those as much as there's probably a billion of those by now. I don't care because I like that father son or you know older brother younger brother type of vibes that those shows come out with so yeah and how did you how did you feel about the the isekai element 
to it because okay. it's kind of isekai-ish <laughs> in a way. Yeah, it's isekai, and I wanted to point out this would be my nitpick, but also Earthworm always tells me it's a film. It doesn't have as much time to flesh it out. I kind of wanted more explanation to how these different worlds are. Like, it's the opposite of the human world and stuff. I would have liked that more, but I guess that's not the point of the story. It's just I wanted some more filling in the blank. I don't mind isekais, absolutely not, but it just didn't feel like an isekai, even though it obviously is because, you know, you're in a different realm. Um, so I wasn't a big fan of it, but that's the only way you can add beast people into the the show. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely some elements of it, without getting into spoilers, that are <laughs> a little bit underexplained. Like, there's there's there's, <laughs> yeah. a, there's an offhand, like, mention, like, oh, there's some bad stuff that's going on. I know that our that's, that our, well, our worlds are, are, like, tied together, but I've never seen this happen before, and I'm just kind of like... Well, that was just, you know, gone over very quickly. Okay. Yeah, so we're just going to let that go? Okay, no problem. <laughs> There's, like, tactical nukes happening, like, right down there. They're like, wow, I've never seen that before. I feel like you should be more shocked about that. Uh- <laughs> A little bit. I don't know. I just felt like, I don't know, this show itself, and I'm not spoiling it, it just doesn't seem like there was really any urgency to any, like, really... I don't know, like, there's no climax to the story. Like, I never felt like there was a huge, huge climax to this story. Well, to touch um, on a to touch on a negative real quick, I think that the pacing was like I understand why the pacing was done the way it was, but I think that's kind of what causes this feeling because for the first I want to say like two thirds of the film, it's really slow, and I think that's good. Yeah, I do think that that was you know done purposefully and well to tell the story that it was going for, but compared to the rest of it it makes the uh like the last part feel so much more rushed <laughs> like the action yeah, probably like the really what last 30 time. yeah 30 35 minutes probably and like you said the action just didn't feel like at this point we had such a slow build-up before the end of the film that i didn't even expect any really big action to happen anymore and then at that point when we got it i was like i really didn't even need it <laughs> so uh it, it's kind of weird how the show made me feel in the middle of watching it yeah it's it kind of it kind of feels like um a, w- there's a part in the film when like the uh the big duel between two characters that has been like set up from the beginning is happening and the way the pacing of the of the show had gone is it felt kind of like that was the point when like the big climax was going to happen like right after that it felt like it was gonna have the climax and then finish but at that point there's still a good another half hour left so (laughs) it felt more like the film was doing a slow build-up to the epic climax and then the the fall and the resolution, but then it just kind of like did the climax and then it slowed down for like 10 minutes and then it climaxed again to, to then finish. And it felt weird for sure. I think the pacing's a little, a little bit off. I think mostly it's good. Like the beginning, the beginning is absolutely stunning. I love the slow pace when it does like the travel montage and everything. That's just yeah. wonderful. I love the moments between Kyota and uh, Kumatetsu, like when it comes to like, that's the big middle chunk or the beginning middle chunk. I enjoyed it actually quite a bit. Uh, So that's what I mean. I liked a lot of it. I I really don't even need to say anything about the ending. You pretty much nailed it to where we get to this point where it's like, oh, this is the climax. And I like I just said early on, I'm all about the one on one competition. So I'm like, oh, yeah, it's about to go down. And it ends and it's like okay here we go and then all of a sudden nope we got it we got to add some kind of other like bad guy we got to add some other kind of like 
stuff that's gonna you know impair or slow down the protagonist of the story and i'm like ah but there's there's like 25 minutes left what are we doing and i lost it i lost it a little bit (laughs) when we go deeper into spoilers we'll definitely talk about about that bad guy that you mentioned because i'm pretty sure he's probably (laughs) the biggest thing that we both dislike from the film yes i'm so glad you do oh god yeah (laughs) no he definitely is is like the biggest thing that drags it down i i think for me he's kind of unnecessary if i'm being uh completely honest exactly there was no story (laughs) development there it was just it was it was bad it was bad yeah there's a scene uh where it just kind of comes out of nowhere i remember like the first time that i watched it like back uh i don't know five years ago or whatever and uh, like even because i was i was younger then and i was surprised i was like that that came out of that came out of nowhere (laughs) (laughs) you just went from zero to a hundred real fucking quick whoa that was unexpected but okay but uh, I mentioned the uh, the travel montage, and I absolutely I love this because most like even most like anime TV series like not even just films but like fantasy shows and isekais they just don't show you the world at all like it often like it feels like just the world revolves solely around the main character or the events happening you know around the main character and that's okay i mean not saying that everything has to be a masterpiece or anything but what makes a world feel so much more alive is when you even if just glimpses you get to see other parts where it just feels like the world isn't here to serve the main character, but it's a place that the main character just happens to be. And I really, ever since I first watched it, I've always loved that this movie takes the time, even just a little bit, to like take our characters just through this world a little bit, show us a variety of different places, even just briefly, show us different characters that are, you know, very unique in their own ways that just makes this world feel more real. And I absolutely loved when um, the wonderful bunny rabbit man tells them to, tells them to go. He's like, take your apprentice (laughs) and just go on this journey. And it shows us that it shows a little montage of them going. Yeah. It's so good. I absolutely loved it. And we see things from like a cat man with telekinesis to like this old lady who like turns into a, a rock like just turns into yeah, a statue it's a, it's a turtle she's it's a chill. damn turtle <laughs> she's mellow she's like i just want to be like a stone and then she just she does she just turns into a. am like that's sick that's awesome so basically what you're saying is you would love to be reincarnated as one of these gods to be able to do what you want absolutely dude i would love to just <laughs> turn myself into a statue covered in moss and just sit there oh that'd be wonderful <laughs> that is the life right there and that's what I want from like a fantasy or an isekai is I want this world to be presented to me in a way where I can make up my mind about like I do, I want to be there or I don't want to be there. What's so boring to me is when a fantasy happens and I just feel nothing about the world or the setting because it's so it's supposed to be different like fantasy it's supposed to be a world that is not the same as our own where I make up my mind about whether or not it's interesting and if it's just a bland lifeless thing then what what's the point of making it a fantasy just make it another high school rom-com and just oh no we don't need that that. we don't need another one of those (laughs) no so that that's why i do like the isekai kind of uh i didn't mind this isekai because like you said it didn't do a lot of it but it showed you a nice montage of them visiting different locations it showed the landscapes the artwork is 
phenomenal. I mean, at first I was like thinking, uh, this has got some kind of animation or art style that I'm not a hundred percent on. But when you really look at that background of even in the city at the beginning of the show in Tokyo, or I think they're in Tokyo, I'm not sure, but everything is really well detailed. And then you go to this, this other world and it looks beautiful. So I, I, I can't give any flack towards the animation. I think this was well done. I forgot what studio it was. Uh, oh, actually, hold on. I can check for you real quick. Um, I will say that when it comes to Hosoda's films, I'm always a little bit torn. Oh, it's Studio Chizu, by the way. So, oh, Chizu. Okay. Yes, I, I think they pretty much only do uh, Hosoda's films. Um, <laughs> so oh, when well, it comes to enough. his when it comes to his movies, I'm always torn on the animation slash art style because, like, the animation is always super smooth. Like, and that's that's because it can be that way super easily because his designs are very flat, which. Yeah, they're not heavily detailed. Compared it rubs to the me the wrong way. That's why I'm conflicted because I like really detailed art and like the characters are are they're pretty simple and flat. You know, generally that's how that's how the the art, especially with the characters, is. And it definitely has me conflicted because it's like I love how smoothly they move and how expressive they're able to be because of the specific character designs, but I. I definitely wish that there was a little bit more detail. That's just that's just a, a personal thing that that I have that I have with it. But like you said, the backgrounds are absolutely stunning, and it really does lend itself with these with the simple the simplistic character designs to some super expressive uh, character animation and really really stunning movement. Like every single action scene in this is just stunning it's just so much fun to look at because it's so fluid the characters mm-hmm. can move with motion that you wouldn't get from like your typical uh just anime fight scene because a lot of the time anime focuses on because of limited frames uh they focus on really detailed art with a lack of movement so it, it'll be really sick looking like single frames but not a ton of you know advanced movement so with simplistic styles and a film budget it can just go all out when the characters need to move yeah that's another thing that i like to think also when we're doing these movie reviews here uh i forget about the budget it's a lot different than a tv series so when you're saying about all this and how they can make the animation more fluid i have to think that probably does help it uh with that and uh I don't know. I don't know if the studio only does his films and mostly films and not actual TV series, but I think maybe that's the way they, why they do it the way they do. Um, cause yeah, everything was fluid. Everything looked, uh, really good. And I guess I'm just not as much of a, I don't know, critic when it comes to the really detailed background and not as detailed characters. Because for me, I hate when I see a background that is very dull and bland, like they didn't even put effort into it. Because I want, I sometimes I like to look at the still shots. You know, I like to look at the background. I I'm very nature and kind of like art driven sometimes when I look at things. So, yeah, something I want to give props to in this film is the CG. The CG is really, really good. There was CG in here, exactly. And I, I was, I was saying maybe at the end, but I was, I was like, I don't remember that. that much. Well, okay, so think about this, right? Imagine, imagine trying to hand draw those crowds. There are some massive oh, crowds. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. Pretty yeah. much every time there's like a a scene with like a huge group of crowds, it's see the crowds are CG, 
And I mean, it just makes sense, but it's, it's so seamless in, 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 in anime, we don't usually get very good CG. So we, it no, we do not. Us. No, we do not. And I just love the fact that there's able to be CG like crowds in an anime, even though it's a film and just it not immediately pull you out and be super immer- immersion breaking. But there's, there's some other, uh, other CG like, uh, the floating swords at that one point. That the yep. sword, the swords are CG, and I like it. Those are okay. I, I notice it, but it it doesn't pull me out at all. Yeah, now that you're thinking about it, I didn't notice any of the CG. I'm sitting here like, oh shit! I, I told it was caught off guard here, and that's good. I mean, that means that they did their job correctly. If you didn't notice it, then that means that that's just proof that it's good. I did want to point it out though because I'd rather bring attention to CG that's good because anime fans will they will crap all over CG when it's bad. So I want to highlight the good stuff sometimes. Absolutely cuz I, I trust me, I'm going to have some negatives to talk about, but right now there's really just no negatives uh to really say when it comes to the actual show right now without spoilers. Yeah, and and at this point we can uh we can get going into some spoilers uh before that Spoiler oh, warning. <laughs> Spoiler warning. Uh if you haven't Spoiler seen The Boy and the Beast, I don't I don't know what you're doing. You should probably go watch it. It is a very good film. I think with before we give our our final uh our final takes at the end, we can both recommend it, I think. What what do you say? I definitely say this is um especially since I've now watched quite a bit of anime when when you hear my grade it may be like, oh, "Okay, it's not good, not bad, whatever." I think it's still worth a watch. It's definitely not something I hated watching. Um, and for someone that may be just even starting an anime, especially because this is kind of like family oriented, a very easygoing kind of show, I recommend watching it for sure. So, yeah, it's very accessible if you're if you're interested in it and you haven't seen it yet. I would say give it a go. It's probably not going to like blow you away. It's not a 10 out of 10. It's not mind blowing to any degree, but it's a very accessible and enjoyable film for you to either turn on alone or maybe with like a little cousin or a partner. I think it can definitely be enjoyed for a variety of people. So uh, that that is our spoiler-free recommendations, and we are now going to be moving into spoiler territory, and we will not hold back. <laughs> so you have been... No, warned. I have a lot of things I need to be said. <laughs> We're going to go ham on this shit. Okay, so can can I give like one of my first negatives that is like entails to the whole show, even though I enjoyed it? Yeah, go for it. Just go right in. Bro. Okay. Now, this is me being completely selfish, but I see a sword on the cover of this thing. I see basically the whole duel is between two people with swords. And then all of a sudden, in like the first meetup of the one of the Kumatetsu's rival that he's trying to fight to become um, the next disciple or next god or whatever, uh, is Lozen, the uh, pig lion, I'd like to call him. Basically, when they're fighting, you find out that their swords are like pretty much tied down so they cannot unsheathe their swords. So immediately I'm going into it like, oh, okay, they just saved themselves until the last fight and then they fight with their swords out. And pretty much in this whole film, there are no swords clashing. (laughs) And I was very disappointed, Sky. I was very, very disappointed. I'm like, okay, you lose one point for no sword fighting. Like, I am aggravated. (laughs) I'm really aggravated right now. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, you you probably could see me now. I'm sitting there like, oh, I can't wait till they unsheathe those swords and they clash. And the whole film is like, no swords. (laughs) Somebody, you sons of bitches. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That's definitely selfish. I I think that's good world building. I think that's interesting. No, it all made sense. It all made sense. But now I'm like, you sons of bitches. <laughs> I, 
I, I can see why it would bother you, but it doesn't bother me specifically because I think it's interesting that there's a reason for it. You know, it's like the yeah. Lord forbids it. He, he says that you can't, you're not allowed to do it because I mean, it the makes Lord's sense. an asshole. No, he's not. That bunny rabbit is my man. I freaking love him. He's so amazing. He is. He is adorable. <laughs> I will give him that. Did you watch the uh, the English or the Japanese version of the film? I actually watched the dub because uh, I, I do watch more dubs, especially when, like you said, sometimes it's hard to just sit there and read all the time. I was doing some things in the background. I'm like, no, I need to be able to listen and hear everything that goes on. So, Okay, yes. I so, watched yeah, the dub as watch well. The dub. And I, I absolutely loved the performance of the... <laughs> Whoever voiced the bunny rabbit did a wonderful freaking job. So uh, to give a little bit of context in case you are sticking through and you haven't seen the film, um, th- they're in this fantasy world, this uh, this beast world, if you will. Um, there's lords of different of different areas. And when you are a a lord uh, of an area, you after you've served your time, you can reincarnate as a god, which I mean, that's never really explained, to be honest. <laughs> no, really a lot of what all. this whole world is not explained, but that's why you're meant to just be with Kyoto and Komatetsu and what little things are going on. So. so it's not explained, but I mean, it's interesting. I mean, I do find it interesting that you can, you know, serve as, as a ruler and then reincarnate into whatever you choose. I want to point this out. This is hilarious. This absolutely kills me every single time. The bunny rabbit, he's like the whole point of the, of the film basically uh, that sets up a lot of what happens is the, the rabbit leader. He is at a point where he's able to uh, choose to what God he wants to reincarnate as so that he can move on. And that's why, why Kumatetsu and the, uh, the pig lion guy are fighting to be the next leader. Um, and he spends the whole film trying to decide what god he wants to become. He doesn't even know what he wants. <laughs> he doesn't know. And then he, when he finally decides, he announces it. He's like, I have now decided I'm going to be the god of decisiveness. <laughs> <laughs> After nine years of not knowing what I should do and delaying this, I have decided my fate. <laughs> and it's just so funny. I think I love the irony of he's just like, yeah. So I couldn't decide, so I'm going to be the god of decisiveness. I'm like, that is amazing. You're maybe not the the best choice for that position but go for it dude <laughs> go for it so I, I i i'd like to talk about the character just because he doesn't really do anything but he commands everything when he's on screen i love the the artistic choice of whenever he's on screen he like moves super fast so the it'll just like focus on him and then it will pan pan away so he's no longer in the frame and it, he'll just be on the other side of the frame as it as it scrolls over yeah, he's already like, that fast <laughs> yeah he's just already there that's amazing there's some a, the direction yeah. is very good mamoru hosada knows how to direct like in terms of like just visual direction i would say um because I, I just gave a negative i'll give the positive too for this uh uh over time with Koma, komatetsu and kyota you see that they're really at odds with each other. Of course, Kyoto has basically lost his mom. He has run away. He doesn't, you know, have anybody as a fatherly figure and kind of just accidentally bumps into Komatetsu, who needs another disciple. Uh, because basically, as we just said, the Grand Master is like, all right, if, you know, you and uh, Lion Pig Guy, I know his name's Lozen, but I like calling him Lion Pig Guy. Um, they basically both are competing to become the next one. and But the only thing is Komatetsu doesn't have a disciple while Lozen has two sons. So it's just funny how immediately I knew Kyoto and Komatetsu are probably going to have a father and son bond. 
but it did not work out very quickly. It's like the show is like, no, no, no. Like, like we said earlier, how it's going to take its time. We're going to really take some time to flesh out these two in a movie, which has a very limited amount of time. So I kind of gave it the props because even though it doesn't do a lot in telling the whole story of the world, it focuses on what you really needed it to focus on, which was the boy and the beast. So I give it so much props for actually sticking to that because in the end, I really did like those two. So I think that's kind of like the good thing I'd like to say is they stuck to their guns and I appreciated that even though they had no swords clashing. So. Yeah, their relationship is really the whole focus of of the film, really, and I yeah. think that's why the uh, like the last part kind of feels so weird. Yes, it, <laughs> weird so as out of shit. place yeah. a little bit, which we can talk about because you mentioned Eozen's sons, and one of his sons is th- that bad guy that we mentioned earlier. And I think I, I, I think know his name, but it's say. a tongue twister. Ichiro Hiko. Ichiro Wait, Hiko. Hold on, let me look at it. What is it? <laughs> It's confusing, isn't it? Um, oh, yeah, I'm not gonna bother saying that. What the fuck? Do we I think call it's him? I think it's Ichiro Hiko. Ichiro and... Hiko. Why is it one yeah. word? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Stupid know? name. But yeah, he he immediately when I saw him, he's wearing like this pig hat, and he he's covering up his face for most of the part. But you can tell he's he's a beautiful boy. He he looks like a beautiful young child, but he looks human. And I'm I'm sitting here confused, like, wait, that doesn't make any sense. Everyone here is a beast except for Kyoto. Why is why is this guy? And I'm like, oh wait, wait a minute, something's going on here. So immediately I already knew something was up, but he was such a very quiet, shallow little boy that had really no part into the story. Just just was there, all the girls liked him, and that was it. And you pretty much don't get much from him. And then all of a sudden you get like whiplash, like fifty minutes later down in the film, he all of a sudden just hates Kyoto. He hates Komatetsu and he just becomes an angry boy and I'm just like what what's up with you bro what's what's going on with you I mean it does make sense I mean I I I will give props to like the subtle character building throughout but that doesn't make the what he does like when it comes out of nowhere feel any less jarring um no (laughs) I will say this is funny to me because you you mentioned that you like thought he looked human like right off the bat and when I was watching this, because this is my third time watching it, and I originally watched it back I, around when it came out, 2015, 2016-ish, and I was quite a bit younger, and I was as I was watching it this time, I could not stop thinking about how dumb I was before because I didn't notice that he was human. <laughs> you didn't notice, yeah. <laughs> back when I first watched it, I must not have been paying attention because I just had no clue that he was human because I, I mean, yeah. It probably is on purpose that his skin is very pink, you know, so that he just doesn't look just straight up human just off the bat. But I want to talk about the scene that I alluded to earlier that just every single time I watch it, it comes, it really feels like it comes out of nowhere. It's when he takes Ren and uh, he's like, here, I'll just walk you to the gate. You know, he was hanging out with his brother and everything. (laughs) And then just out of nowhere, he just like attacks him. Like just starts beating the shit out of the boy. (laughs) He just like punches him and like stabs him with like tree bark or something i'm like kicking the shit out of him what? while he's down like <laughs> i'm like dude dude <laughs> it kind of came out of nowhere because i mean up until this point like you mentioned he was a quiet you know pretty quiet character and he we have seen him express a lot of like affection towards his father like he he definitely respects his father quite a bit and because of that he disrespects Kumatetsu he's like i hate this man like there's no way he could ever beat my father and 
this is leading up to when Kumatetsu and Yozan are about to have their their duel for to s- decide who is going to be the next the next ruler, the next leader. And um he just beats the crap out of Ren out of nowhere <laughs> and it's jarring every time. I'm not sure if like scenes were cut <laughs> due to like time constraints or what, but it definitely I mean you could have added an extra rough. 3 minutes to it. It wouldn't have killed it. I mean all I know is he's you're just being a horrible host, man. You just said you'd take him to the door, and now you're just beating him while he's down, saying, you know, you're a loser, just like your 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 master. And it's like, what, dude, what did I do to you? I, I don't know what happened. I mean, I don't know. And it, it definitely, I I think it also feels jarring, partially because like he doesn't get much screen time up until this point, and one of the few times we've seen him on screen, he's defending Ren from from his brother. <laughs> like, because well, well, I did see the comment. He's like, he's always gonna be a loser, always yeah. be uh, a weakling, and maybe because by this time it had been like what nine years, eight years later, he's gotten a lot better. It's kind of like it bothered him that he became strong on his own Jealousy. through training. Yeah, but they didn't, they, like you said, they didn't give him a lot of time. They didn't show that type of feeling coming through to him. It just went from, I got to protect this guy to, I want to beat the shit out of this guy. And I we, we just got whiplash. We didn't know what the hell happened. Yeah, and let's talk about the darkness for a minute. Uh, I that, think, yeah. I think the parts of this film that stand out to, to me the most as being, like, out of place are that character, the darkness. Ichiro Hiko is one, definitely one of them and then the darkness which apparently in this in this world uh humans harbor darkness within them <laughs> is 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 what is <laughs> nobody what else say. just humans just humans. horrible the horrible are type great, dude. the beasts are wonderful yeah. they're like no 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 so humans and beasts are not integrated into one society because humans harbor this darkness which apparently gives them sick powers more, yeah more powers than the, the gods in this furry world like the, it's everyone fears it it's like the ultimate destruction it's like terrifying but also the fact that like it can consume you which i get i mean that's that's personally i do harbor darkness within me so i'm not going to say that it's not true to life but yeah we all we all have weird. a little darkness yeah it's definitely weird. It's kind of on the nose. And that's what I mean when I say that, you know, Hosoda's films aren't deep. Like, they're they're not. Like, he kind of, he's like, he has an idea and he's like, great. And then it, he just kind of like expands it so much that it's just like the most simplistic, easy to represent version of that idea. Like, the idea that humans harbor darkness within them isn't necessarily a bad idea but the fact that it's represented as like a gaping hole in your chest <laughs> is a little bit on the nose i think <laughs> yeah and what what was weird is that i they eventually get to it but the beginning of the film shows when kyoto is like well i know his name is ren but kyoto is all by himself when he's first like runs away you see him out in the streets and you could see like the dark shadow leave behind him like stay like on a window to show it like it's manifesting and you you see that at the beginning, like, oh, this is very interesting. Where are they going to go with that? And they never touch on the darkness until, like, the last 40 minutes of the film. And that's where it's like, maybe it's because I, I got so much other stuff, so much of the tale between him and Komatetsu, the, the wandering to see the other gods, you know, the other creatures and their habitat. But I felt like it was, like, two separate parts of the film, like, two f- separate films almost. Because they delved so little into the darkness till like the last minute, um, so I think 
I think that's what threw me off. I, I'm pretty much, yeah, everything you've said, like everything that bothered you is kind of what I was seeing as a problem um, yeah. or kind of like not fleshed out well enough. At least they did touch on it. I am glad, you know, I'm glad that, it, oh, that yeah. they, they did expand upon it. It wasn't just, you know, just completely thrown away. But I kind of wish that it just didn't exist. <laughs> like it, it didn't, didn't, yeah. do, it didn't really work for me, you know? I think yeah, I he, think it would have made Ichiro could have been bad. He could have been, been a bad fine. person without darkness. It would have been yeah. fine. Yeah, Ichiro, Ichiro Hiko could have been perfect as just a villain. You know, obviously not great, but he still he would have been okay yeah. without this this darkness element. And it never really did go anywhere other than as like a plot device to like show visually that he's that he's evil and being consumed by this hatred. So, I mean, it does, it doesn't do a lot for me, the, the whole darkness. I mean, it gives, it does add a nice visual, you know, element. I do think that that's fair, you know, fair to say that it, it the darkness, the hole in, in the chest and everything, it's decent. Like, it's kind of cool, but I think, like, thematically, a little bit on the nose and not, not really necessary, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And I, I'll give it props, though, because this involves, uh, Ichiro Hiko. Is that the father, Lozen? Um, what this is kind of what I liked about the story was that this was kind of showing like how to be a father and how not to be a father in a way of parenting. Uh, it doesn't try to explain it, but you find out that Lozen over time, Ichiro started to notice that I'm not getting tusk, I'm not getting a nose like you, and you find out that Lozen actually had picked him up from the real human world and taken him earlier on as his own child, which is hypocritical and i always hate hypocrites because he gets mad at kumatetsu for taking kyota in but you find out through all his life he kept telling ichiro you're fine it'll grow eventually oh it's coming you're gonna be just like me he thought he was doing good by telling his son don't worry you're the son of lozen you will get there and what really that did was just harbor more resentment because he just wanted to know why he wasn't like looking like his father because he looked up to him so much and Lozen was trying to become the leader so he was barely involved in his child's life like he he barely he was just always doing work and never taking time with his son so it was very subtle but uh it definitely showed me that this is what it's trying to show you is that you got to be there for your kids not by telling them lies you have to be honest with them I uh, think so I in yeah. terms of character work I think Yozen's definitely up there Exactly. I mean, I don't like how hypocritical he was, but that's the point of him learning his failure. I liked, I liked that he realized the flaw by telling his son, "Oh no, you'll you'll get your tusks eventually. You'll get there." And it's like, you know, dude, you gotta, you gotta be honest with the man. It's what so. makes him so so interesting as a character. He actually has a lot more depth than I was expecting. He might, he might be the best like written character in the sh like in in the film not my favorite yeah obviously but i think in terms of like you know the depth that he has he's he's easily up there i mean you just described a lot about it and he doesn't even get that much screen time but just from from what we've seen of him we know exactly who he is you know we we're yep. it's, it's not a secret we know exactly what this man is and I, I think he was written very well and he played his role, you know, perfectly as kind of, and like you mentioned about the film being about fatherhood, there's, there's a lot of elements to it. There's, because there's three fathers <laughs> in this film three that, fathers, like, that yeah. take a role. There's, uh, and to clarify, uh, Kyuta and Ren are the same person. <laughs> we've been, we've been, I know, I may, I may have not just, I'm so used to Kyuta because once Kumatetsu called him that, I just called him Kyuta. 
Yeah, but then he, and, and we'll touch on this in, in a second, but then he goes, spends more time in the human world, and he goes by Ren, and it just causes this weird disconnect, but it's, it's, it's whatever, but, so there's Ren's father, uh, Kumatetsu, and, uh, Yozan, and all of them play very different fatherly roles, with, um, Yozen being the, uh, the bad father, you know, the father who is lying to his son because he thinks he's protecting him when really he's only, he's the one causing the problem. Kumatetsu, who's doing his best to just try to be the father that Ren never had. And then Ren's actual father, who just was never around. And then when he shows up, he just kind of is just like trying to be like, oh, Make we can just go. It. We can just, yeah, but in the worst way possible. He's like, I know, I know we've never really spent time together, but we can just pretend like, you know, nothing ever happened, you know? And they have, they have a very interesting scene when, like, he's just, he says to Ren, he says, this might sound weird, but when you're older, time moves fast. Like, it feels like it was just yesterday that it was me, you, and your mom, to, you know, together. And I'm thinking, I'm like, it, it really shows how little care Ren's father actually has, like, towards him in the situation because he's just thinking oh now we're back together we can we can move on how things should be and without even thinking that you know ren has been alone for nine years that's like well didn't he think that he was actually like gone because he He, said he looked for him but they said he was reported missing so he thought he was like dead or something he did but the fact that like more time in his life has been spent like just come you know w- w- with the beast people obviously his dad doesn't know anything about that but it's like yeah, yeah. his dad has been out of his life for more time than he has been in his life i'm like th- the situation is so different between the two because you know for his oh, yeah. for his dad he's you know he's already in his like what 30s or 40s and then ren's life has just been completely consumed with an entirely different way of living and i'm like it is interesting how it touches on three different uh types of fatherhood yeah i'd like to also say because of ren's father well actual father he lives in a japanese type of world where pretty much what do they always do work 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 they they barely have time for themselves so it almost simulates like yeah i lost my son it's sad but after nine years i kind of moved on with my life and i kept going through the grind like they just don't think about it but then ren comes back and he's all welled up with emotion and wants to just act like nothing happened. And I get it. That's kind of like, you know, you can't just, we can't just go back to the way we were. But for the father, it's kind of like he's so relieved that it actually didn't go to where he thought it was. Like he was dead or something. And he's just glad to see him again. So I could see both sides. Like, it's kind of crazy how the show does that. Because, uh, you know, Ren doesn't know what to do in this situation now. He's got a lot on his mind. So um, I think this is still like the halfway or not even near the end of the show when all this is going on. And this is where I was like, wow, I thought I was going to get a shonen that had like fighting all the time. And I'm actually going through a slice of life where a kid's <laughs> going through some shit. And I'm like, why am I somehow interested in this? This is actually very good. And that's why the ending just more and more kind of like threw me for a loop. So, <laughs> you know, I did think about that because, you know, you when, when we were talking about doing the episode, um, we were trying to figure out what film we wanted to talk about, and I presented this one because for some reason, when I thought about doing it with you, I was like, this came to mind as something that I thought you would enjoy. 
And apparently I forgot how much of a slice of life this really feels it like. It definitely is. It definitely is. Because <laughs> I was watching it. I was like, honestly, this is kind of like a fantasy slice of life <laughs> more than it is like <laughs> like an action film. <laughs> but the funny thing is I did in the Anime Brothers a couple episodes ago told Earthworm, you know what I want to see more of? Slice of life in an isekai. He's like, well, then it's not a slice of life. I'm like, yeah, but I think they could do it. And look at what we got right here. So <laughs> Yeah, there we go. I didn't even know, but I did it anyways. You're welcome. There we go. <laughs> and that's interesting, you know, because you you're basically talking about how you enjoyed the slice of life elements here more than more than the action, which could have to do with the fact that they didn't really use their swords. But we're we're gonna yes, we're that, that, that could have been it. But right it's now. okay. We're gonna move. We're gonna move along. <laughs> we're gonna put that aside, and we we will talk about the uh, the big climactic battle in a little bit. Um, because I got some things to say about it. But how did you feel about the uh, the romance side plot? <laughs> we, well, this this is the thing. I, I mean, I trust me, I, I have a wife. I can be romanceful, but I am not the romance type of genre guy. But seeing uh, Ren, uh, Kyota, after he's been nine years in this beast world, deciding, you know, I don't, I've never had an education. All I've been doing is training and deciding to go back to the real world. He goes to a library so he could start, you know, learning to read and he bumps into this girl. I don't know what it was, but immediately seeing him with this girl, I was like, I'm like, all right, so they're going to have a connection. But then seeing how she was basically tutoring him and going through the whole entire kind of like trying to, I don't know, graduate without going to school and her being there the whole time. I was like, man, more and more. I'm like, I, we we don't even need to know, worry about gods and all that stuff. I'm already pretty set on this story right here. Uh, for Dude, some reason, yes. I was already hooked on the character. That and makes this, me this is what I mean. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed the idea where they were going, and that's why the ending was just so – it just didn't work with me anymore. It's like at this point, you started me on this grand journey of like gods and stuff and reincarnated furries, and now we're in like a slice of life about a kid just trying to figure out what he wants to do in his life, his fatherhood, and so many things going on. I'm like, this was way more entertaining if they would have stuck with the romance with Kata. I agree. Uh, so they're they're so cute. I real, you know, it seems it's a little weird. I will I will admit, like it kind of feels like it comes out of nowhere. Uh, there's there's a lot of things in this movie that kind of feel like that. <laughs> yeah, I called they were gonna be a thing like from the get go, but it's also it's a movie. You know, they have to move it along. They aren't gonna show a girl that's not gonna be involved in the story. So. But it's done well. I mean, I really yes. like that scene at the at the library when they're just kind of standing there and he's just just very casually. He's like, can you tell me what this is? <laughs> like, I don't. He doesn't know how to read. I, I'm I like, can't oh, really you read very well. And she and she helps him. And then, you know, he like helps her out of a situation. You know, I think all of that was was I, I think it's realistic. That's something that I like about this. The like they they kind of like force this romance into the into the film when it didn't really need to be there. Uh, like the film would have been okay without it, um, but it didn't feel out of place necessarily. Like, yeah, it wasn't corny too, and that's what I, I always hate is corny romances. So, there's a scene. There's a scene in this film that I love. It's when he he's in the he he's in the human world, and he looks at the window and he sees the reflection. He sees the that thing that we talked the darkness, about darkness. Finally, yeah, the, the darkness of him as a child. That thing at the very beginning of the film when it's like his darkness child reflection he sees that yeah. again and then it disappears and he's like what and then he looks again and it's his reflection of him now with the darkness on his chest and he starts panicking he starts freaking out he's like what is this i mean to be fair 
I would too. You don't. That's weird. That's it's probably what scary. we call anxiety. That's what he's feeling. <laughs> <laughs> yes, very anxious. He's terrified, and he goes to her. And this scene is one of my favorites in the film. I have. I have to say, it really. It really is. Sometimes wonderful. you got to get smacked in the face, right? <laughs> yeah. So she's. He. He like. He's very angry because he's just. He's scared and he's, he sees himself as a monster right now. Cause you know, he sees this darkness and he doesn't, he doesn't know what he is. You know, he, he's been confused about himself like his entire life. Basically, he's not lived a normal life. So he sees her and he goes up and she's scared. Like you can, you can see her. Like she picks up her bag. She backs away. She's the, the animation, the character animation is very well. He, done d- he does the one arm lean over someone that nobody ever likes when you, <laughs> no you know, be one aggressive yeah, unless he, it's in a sexual movie. So. <laughs> And he pushes her up against this, against this fence. And he's just kind of like, at, he's, he's mumbling. He's like, what am I? He's like, I'm not a human. I'm not a beast. Am I a monster? And he's, you know, doing this thing. And to, I've, I've done that shit. I mean, if you're, if you're feeling like depressed, you don't make sense. So this is fair. And then she just smacks him in the face. And, you know, he backs away. And in most situations, like in, in an anime, this would be way more over the top. But she smacks yep. him in the face and then she grabs him and pulls him in for like a hug. And she just kind of like just says, it's okay. And I, it's, it's realistic. And I absolutely love this because this could happen. And anime don't do realistic. Like most of the no, time, they're this like, situation they're, 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 so they're like, different. I'm going to yell for five, 10 minutes about why you shouldn't be this way and why we should be together and all this stuff. And that's like, no, that's, that's not what I want right now. <laughs> I've seen situations like this in anime before and they always go way different. And every time I watch this scene, I'm like, this is so well done. It's, it's such a small thing and honestly in like not even a big deal it's pretty like minor in the grand scheme of this two hour long movie and it but it's just so real and raw and it's what makes the romance in this film really worth it to me is you know this scene and how it, it builds the characters and just makes it feel grounded and real i absolutely love it yeah, and don't forget about the uh, little red piece of rope that she ties around his wrist to signify Absolutely. that I'm always going to be thinking about you. Like this is so you don't forget about me. Uh, and that's real and too. That, yeah, that's that's. Uh, I will tell you right now, as a friend, I've gotten some from Earthworm. If you give me a gift that's like a simple like bracelet that you've woven, or you said like my mom gave me, now I want you to have it. Instead of buying me a new iPad, that means more to me than a new iPad. You know. The, the thought that you gave me something that I can always remember you by. So like you said, this show already in this little five, 10 minutes has shown more development of romance and bond between two people than most things that I watch that people are into nowadays that are just so, oh, I don't know. It's just drawn out and it's so not realistic. So I, 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 this really gave me so many props at this point. I don't need it to be a shown in uh, action anymore. I'm like, this is really good. So. Uh, I like that. That that little rope signified like that he is not alone and he has people that love him. And that's what makes him kind of snap out of that darkness. Yeah, and it was used as well, which which I appreciate, you know, that it wasn't yep. just like a one-off thing. It was actually used when he starts like losing it. Uh, something we've not mentioned is there's this little fluff thing, Chico. It's never <laughs> explained at all. Oh, yeah, the little hamster. <laughs> I call him a hamster. I don't know if he's a hamster. I don't know what he is. About him. He's a little fluff thingy, and he lives in Ren's hair, and that's I love that. Um, 
but there's there's a scene um after uh, Kumatetsu and Yozen have their they have their epic duel which is sick. That's absolutely great. I I definitely I love did enjoy duel. it. Definitely better than the first one and it does more character building cuz it shows how, you know, how much they've changed and how how Kumatetsu and Ren how their relationship has grown. I thought it was going to be the real climax of the show. Like that was the ending fight, you know, Ren comes back to watch his, you know, father in a way. He's still I'd say Kumatetsu is like his father watches him fight. So, it was good. And that's what I was saying earlier, like, the, based on the pacing, it felt like the climax was going to be either like this or like right after this, and then it was going to end <laughs> based on the pacing, but it kind of just goes all over the place after this. Um, but uh, what happens is Kumatetsu wins this duel, and, you know, it's like, yeah, that's sick, that's awesome, and yeah. then... uh our our boy Ichiro Chico or Ichiro Hiko <laughs> <laughs> decides to Ichiro Chico. Let's go with that one. <laughs> I combined the two. Uh, <laughs> Ichiro Hiko he uses his telekinesis powers uh, to uh, take a sword that has been stuck into Bunny Rabbit Man's chair, and he literally just like stabs <laughs> stabs it through. Swords are Kumitetsu. being used. Swords are being used. <laughs> Finally, and it's used to kill Dad Man. No, not exactly. And it's but. like, no, this isn't what I wanted. This is never what I wanted. <laughs> he just telekinesis stabs Kumatetsu through the through the chest because he won. And he's, you know, he goes on this little thing. He's like, Dad, are you proud of me? We made it right. <laughs> You're winning. He won. <laughs> it's like, and he's like, no. I, I do like this. I like that Eozen was was mad about it. He's like, this is wrong. I lost. I lost the duel. What do you mean? You can't do this. You should this. have said, you're a failure of a son. I should have never had you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> should have never stolen you. <laughs> oh, yeah. So so this scene happens, and Ren loses it, as as you can imagine. He does. And oh, yeah. the So the darkness is essentially consuming both of them here. Ren's darkness shows up again. On top, as well as, you know, Ichiro Hiko's does. And he, like I mentioned, he does the CG sword thing. <laughs> he, 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 he yeah, yes. uses telekinesis powers and just shoots the sword right at, right at his face. And as he's doing it, Chico jumps out of his hair, hits him in the hand. Ren looks down. He sees the thing. He sees the thing that, yeah, he sees that the little Kaide rope, the him. little red rope. Yeah. And he stops. He snaps back to it, drops the sword and passes out. He faints. And, I appreciate the fact that it, that it's that it's used. That makes me happy because not only did Kaide uh, give him this this band, which she she says means a lot to her. It is a bookmark from her favorite book that you know she keeps it on her for a reason, and now she's given it to him as a bracelet yeah. to just be like, "I care about you." Like I, and, I, and you care know what they didn't you. have to do? They didn't have to repeat all that or, you know, give you a sign to like why he feels this way towards the bracelet. We just it know. realizes you should know what this means to him. And I love that. We don't need always to be explained. We're smart enough to know this. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, and it's 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 just done so well because it's a family film. But I think even a kid can under can understand this. You know, a kid can know that watching this the girl gave it to him and it means a lot to her and she cares about him and that he sees this and that's what snaps him back because he remembers her and that he's not alone. And yeah, oh, it's so good. It's really good. I like that a lot. We need more shit like this in romance. Just, just saying that, guys. Just, just saying that. <laughs> hey, I can give you a couple romance recommendations. I know. I'll have more <laughs> of my repertoire very soon. I'm guessing. Come back on, and we can watch a romance film. <laughs> okay. All right. 
Okay, so we're now getting to a point where we can talk about this this final battle soon. Um, so we just talked about everything that happened after he faints. So he wakes up, uh, Ren does. Kumatetsu is sick in bed, you know, because he's been stabbed through the chest. He lived, though, which is good. Uh, kind of. Uh, <laughs> we'll get to that. So <laughs> so he, he wakes up and he makes up his mind. He's like, I have to go and make things right. And I like the fact that some of the characters think that he's seeking out vengeance when he's not. He's like, I have this darkness just like he does. It could very easily be me to turn out in this messed up way like Ichiro Hiko has. So his goal isn't to he's not get vengeance for what was done, but to help Ichiro Hiko or kill him. I mean, depending on, you know, how it goes. So yeah. he sets out and I think that's, I think that's fine. But then what, what does he do? He like, he calls her, no. he calls Kaede. No, Kyoto decides I'm going to go to the human world. I yeah. have to find Kaede and tell her to leave. Well, here, here's the thing, bud. And this is me criticizing the, the writing. <laughs> if you just don't go to her, she's not he, in he danger. Literally didn't, yeah, she doesn't. He didn't even know about her. He's just trying to kill you, bud. So literally, you could have done your plan without getting her involved. But you know, we gotta have the romance option there to get you all like, oh no, is she gonna die? I don't know. This is where I was like, come on, man. I don't know. He wasn't thinking at that moment. It, and it, it is, you know, it is a little bit damsel in distress. E like. Like, because yeah. he he calls her out into like the middle of uh, the Shibuya <laughs> or whatever, calls her out. So then they so they meet up, and he's basically like, "Hey, I want you to hold on to this book for me. This is my prized possession." Like, which you know that's just more romance building and everything because of like, you know, she taught him how to read, and he it's Moby Dick. It's it's Moby Dick is what the book is. Yeah, but it's the last twenty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so so there, there's there's more romance building there, and then. Uh, Ichiro Hiko shows up in the middle of in the middle of the city and just tries. He's like, tries "I found you, bitch." Him. He's like, I'm gonna "Die!" <laughs> so then they start, you know, sword blasting each other in the middle of. Ah, I'm not. Ooh, that was not the right thing to say. Uh, they start. <laughs> fi- <laughs> they start fighting in the middle of the city, and um, I will say I really like this touch. How she, it's it's more romance building, but it's still, but it's just so cute. It's so cute. Like it's he, so cute. He see Ichiro Hiko shows up and he's pissed he's super angry he's like covered in darkness and he just looks evil he's just menacingly walking straight towards ren and ren tells kaede he's just like you have to go this it's not safe here you have to leave and you can see the fear like on her face she's terrified but instead of leaving she just like holds him and i appreciate that i appreciate the fact that one she cares enough about him not to just dip (laughs) even though she's terrified but also that she's just like I'm not leaving. I feel safer if I'm with you and I don't know what's going to happen. Like, clearly this is not a good situation, but I don't want to no. leave. We're in this together. Like, and I'm like, yeah, well, he kind of forced her into it now. I mean, at this point you have to just go with it because he had to go find her, you know? <laughs> yeah. But she, she could have left, but she makes it a very, like, she makes a point to say, we're in this together. Like, I don't care what you say. I'm not abandoning you. And I think that's cute. <laughs> I, you know, I'm a hopeless romantic. I'll, I'll be honest. I like that. <laughs> no, I I understand completely. I will not fault you for it. Uh, I understand uh, the, the the hopeless romantic style, and it's definitely nice to know someone even in like a death situation will not leave you behind. But kind of like I said, he he shouldn't have even went to her because then it got like the whole entire city pretty much in danger because 
in the middle of this fight, Ichiro like turns into a whale because he <laughs> sees the Moby Dick book and like thought, you know what? A whale seems like a good idea in this situation. Um, and I liked it. It made it look cool. Like seeing the whale, like literally going through the whole entire city was very cool. But I'm just sitting here like, why? <laughs> it's, so. It is visually cool, but it's, I hate it. It's so stupid. Come yeah. on. Come, are you serious? And, I mean, at least it was explained. Like he's like he the the Moby Dick book was dropped on the ground and he seen it. So he so he looked at it. He's like, oh, whale. That gives me an idea. At least it makes sense. I'll kill you with a whale. Because going into it, I again, I for some reason I had blocked out that part. And every time I think about it, I was like, stupid whale. Why why does he do it? Why is it a whale? I why is it a whale? I, I always forget that he sees the book and I'm just like, did he really need to be a whale? That's so on the nose with the Moby Dick reference. But it the fact that it was explained at least. At least it was explained, like, for a reason. Like, it makes sense. But it's still so dumb. Come on. Why? Mamoru Hosoda is not subtle with things. He, he, he's very on the nose with a lot, with a lot, <laughs> with a lot of things. The fact that, yeah. oh, Moby Dick is a big part of it. Let's make the final battle be against a whale magic monster thing. Come on. Come yeah, it's on. like the book. It's, it's, it's one man overcoming the giant whale. Huh? Get it? You get it? <laughs> it's like, yeah, I get it. <laughs> It's like, see, see, it's just like in the book, he has to overcome a whale and it's also a representation for the darkness inside, which they they <laughs> made a point of like pointing out before where she's, they're talking about Moby Dick and, and she's talking to him and she's like, I don't think it's actually about the whale. I think it's a metaphor for the captain fighting himself. I'm like, wow, that's really? not going to come up later. It does. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's so on the nose by the end and I think after we've seen such kind of greatness of the film you're like damn they really kind of try to hold your hand for these last parts don't they so i mean and it is trying to be accessible to kids but to be honest i don't think kids need the explanation kids are just going to be happy that there's a sick magic water whale thing fighting the main hero (laughs) like i mean yeah it looked great it definitely looked great I definitely did. I mean, I will, I will say, I, I really like the, the visual representation of like all these people walking around in the city and just like a whale shadow just like moving underneath them in the street. That's cool. That's sick. So I like that, but <sighs> stupid whale, dude. Come on. Come on. Stupid whale. <laughs> stupid. Fuck that whale. I hate the stupid whale. <laughs> And it just makes the, it makes the, the final fight just feel so weird. Like, I keep talking about how out of place it is. In context, think about it. Up to this point, the whole movie has been a very slow, uh, film focused around, like, the coming of age of our main character, the relationship with, uh, his father figure Kumatetsu and how he feels about his life and, his actual father and his life being torn between the human world and the beast world. And it's very slow, but super like deliberate. And then out of nowhere in like the last half hour, it's like evil man with darkness inside of him tries to kill Kumatetsu. And then he has a whale. And then he's, he's fighting, fighting our main fighting hero and city. his girlfriend in the streets with people. I'm like, what, <laughs> what is happening? This has come very quickly. And it's yeah. very strange. And then Kyota, by the end of the film, comes up with his grand plan, which is I'm going to absorb 
Ichiro and his darkness because I know we shouldn't be alive. We obviously could not let, you know, stop our darkness from growing. And once he's inside, I'm going to stab myself and kill us both. Finally, a reason for the darkness. Thank God. Yeah, finally, I guess that was and, and for him to finally be like, we're not allowed to live in this world. Ugh. Like he, even though he's he's cared about, he's like, I'm going to take the sacrifice. I don't know why, but in a way, I almost liked that better. I was like, you know what? This is very, uh, this would be a dark ending, but it's kind of like, holy shit. But it, it didn't a go that way. for the darkness, and it only took an hour and 45 minutes. Only. Only an hour and 45 <laughs> only. minutes. Yeah. And, I mean, it is cool, you know, that he's just like, okay, bet. I'm just going to deliberately open up the hole in my chest and just suck him in, and then we will die. I'm like, okay. But we know it's not going to happen. Obviously, No, he's not. I knew it wasn't, but I was like, if it did he's, happen, this may have actually been a different rating. <laughs> so If he was going to do it, I would rather him, you know, to the best ending to this would have been suck him in, and then he, as he stabs himself in the chest, Kaide happens to be right behind him and just they all go oh, together shit. <laughs> that would have been some romeo and juliet shit right That'd be there. the best thing of all time but no in fact it doesn't happen what happens is kumatetsu in the process of this decides you know what i'm now technically the lord because i won the duel i'm gonna reincarnate as the sword in his soul which is a the callback sword. to something that he said at the beginning when he was trying to he's trying to teach um Ren. He's trying to, you know, teach him. At the very beginning, he sucks as a teacher and he's just saying random bullshit and saying, find the sword in your soul and that's how you fight. And to Ren, it makes no sense. And it's kind of like, that's a little weird. But then guess what? It's on the nose. <laughs> as everything. Yeah, he is. gets to become the sword that's in his soul. It's a flaming sword and it, it has the animation of like the opening where you see a bunch of these flaming souls fighting yeah. with weapons. Brings so I loved it. I was like, I would have loved to seen this sword like earlier. I don't know. I was like, I'm down for it, even though him becoming a sword and all that stuff. I was like, all right, this is kind of, I don't know. It was a mix. It was a mixed bag. I was happy to see the sword, but I'm also like, is this really how this is going to go? And I don't know. Yeah. So basically in the ending because of this, so uh, he's fighting a whale, uh, like a magic water whale thingy in the streets as his his basically his father has now reincarnated as a sword and the sword goes into him so kumatetsu is now living rent free inside of ren as a flaming sword <laughs> what? that's in his soul what but they can talk to each other i hate this this I is like it. venom all over again basically he's living in him and they just talk to each other actually and i can't get over this i'm like why do they get along now? I mean, I get it. Like, they're close. They're super yeah, close exactly. with each other. But they still, you'd think that they would still argue. Is he just going to be lit, like, have Kumatetsu in his soul forever until he dies? What happens to Kumatetsu when Ren dies? Does does his sword go in somebody else's Does he live forever? Because if is so, he... him and Kaida are going to have a good relationship. Are, are, are Ren and <laughs> Kumatetsu just going to, like... Just forever after he dies, just be linked with the... I don't... It's weird. It's weird. I don't know. That's always bothered me. The whole, you know, oh, I'm just going to reincarnate as a flaming sword and enter your soul. And all of it is just to make the final battle as bizarre and over the top as possible. Which, as we've mentioned, doesn't really need to be, you know, like it is for this film of all things. Yeah. I, I don't I don't know. It was uh it was definitely I don't know, it's not what I expected from the ending. It definitely 
pulled the rug out. It was like, ah, nah. And the, it just rushed to a happy ending. And maybe if Komatetsu and Kyoto at the end, when they finally saw each other for that 1v1 versus uh, uh, Iozen or Lozen or whatever, basically if they would have had a, like a little bit of a talk before that to show that they both like apologize or they're, they're back to being like father and son. And they didn't know. It's just like, it kind of like things happen that caused them to not really be able to talk to each other. And then when he merges with Kyoto, it's like, like you said, they're all back to normal, but they're not even fighting or arguing at all really. And it's like, it just felt like they wanted to really make sure this ending was a happy ending after everything that we saw. And it just didn't work with what we were seeing for the at least three quarters of the film. Yeah, and that's where the pacing bothers me about the film because I'm torn on it because in one sense, I really appreciate the the slow pacing up until it starts, you know, going off the rails. I think that's wonderful, but I think the film would have been better if it was like three hours long. You know, if the film wanted to go the way it does, I think it I think it doesn't have enough time is the biggest issue. Honestly. Yeah, I almost like I know we're talking about we wanted to watch films, but it's almost like this would have been better as like a eight episode. I know they've done a couple of those or 10 episode film or series and all that stuff. One where it doesn't need to be 12 or something, but it needs a little bit more than six episodes. Um, But I'm not sure it needed a little time. That's for sure. I believe it was adapted from a light novel that also has a manga adaptation of four volumes. So I'm not sure yeah, if it would I did have see been that, enough. Yeah for for a full season which is probably why it's you know why it's a film and also it's furries so hosted i wanted to do it <laughs> it's it's furries yeah it's kind of furries um <laughs> but you know I, the the pacing i've talked about the pacing a lot because i like i said i'm torn because i don't think that the beginning would have been as as amazing like it's really whimsical is maybe the best way to describe like the first half of the film cuz it takes its time and it's slow. And I think that if they had rushed the beginning more to so that the rest of it made more sense, I think the film as a whole would be worse, I think. Yeah, I can understand that. All right. So we talked about a lot. So um, we can we can begin to wrap this up. Is there anything else that you want to that you want to touch on that we didn't mention yet? <sighs> well, I'm, I'm thinking through all the things we cover a lot of things. Basically, I, can, I like before we give our rating, like I. I'm probably going to say it again, but it really, the show did a very good job for the first half really well. First half was really done well. The three quarter, like by the three quarter mark when we're like, all right, Ren's going to go back, try to learn how to be human, Kata, that was like really good and all that stuff. Uh, but it did start to lose its way. Uh, you then had Ichiro kind of beat the shit out of Ren in the middle of that point, And that's when it's like, didn't make any sense because they had to really get a little bit more into the darkness. The ending was just, I don't know. I can, there were some good points, but I'm going to just come out and say it. I didn't enjoy the ending. I thought it was kind of just too on the nose about everything. And I didn't like that. And I think that's what kind of put down the ratings for me a little bit, surprisingly, but all around very well done. So. No, I agree. I think that the, the first half is to me, 10 out of 10, like up and I think from the, from when it starts all the way until, um, like right trying to figure out where the half point is. I want to say right <laughs> after the 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 official duel between uh Kumatetsu and Iozen. I think like from the point of that up until the duel there's a there's a little bit, you know, that drags it down yeah. like, you know, how uh Ichirohiko does the 
You know, he he attacks Ren. There's a couple things that are a little <laughs> bit iffy, but I think right about up to the duel with all of the moments that we get with with like K-Day with the romance and everything and all of yep. the world building, I think up until that is 10 out of 10 and then it just starts falling off and that that climax is just so bizarre that it it drops it down a little bit for me. Um which I wish that I could say the movie is a 10 out of 10. I think just pure enjoyment wise, if you're not going into it, you know, wanting to tear it apart or just like think about it too deeply, it might be 10 out of 10 out, 10 out of 10, just pure enjoyment. If you're just going in blindly just to, just to like watch it with a kid or something. Great. But I think as a film, looking at it a little bit more critically, it, it falls a little, it falls a bit short for sure. Absolutely. And I'm not, hopefully no one tears my head off, but also I'm not a furry person. I'm not someone that enjoys uh animals in a lot of shows i still haven't watched odd taxi which i know earthworm's given me a lot of shit for haven't watched b stars nothing none of those really interest me though i probably will watch them eventually so i think that also took away from me a little bit uh, i didn't let it just you know make me upset with it i just know that that's not my style so that's for sure uh probably something that played a factor in some of this and that's perfectly fine. I mean, everyone has, you know, very specific tastes. And, you know, as I mentioned earlier, that's one of the things that I want to focus on here with this uh, with this show, with this podcast is, you know, getting a variety of different opinions of different things. And y- you don't like beasts. That's perfectly fine. But I mean, you know, because every everyone's different. But I think with this film, it's definitely going to turn people off. I mean, the right. character designs are very good. Like, you know, with the beast, I like the variety, but it's also weird seeing a, a monk that happens to be a, a pig. Uh, I don't even know what <laughs> Kumatetsu is. Is he a bear? Is he a, I don't. He's like a bear cat. It's weird. <laughs> I mean, the freaking Eozan is both lion and like boar. It's, it's, it's strange. It's definitely weird. So, you know, I can't blame you if that's, if that's a, a bit of a turnoff and Chico just doesn't make any sense. I don't know what the heck that thing is. <laughs> <laughs> Just a but you know what? He's adorable, so I'll take it. That's it's fair. It was I thought it was going to be explained. It's not, it's just a thing that shows up, and you know it's got it's a family film. It's fantasy. You got to have your little mascot. I mean, I think that's really what that comes down to. Everybody needs a Grogo. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. uh, do you want me to give my rating first, or do you want to give yours after the three times you've watched it? Yeah, I'll give mine after. You can go right ahead. Okay, so this this jumped around for me. Like I said, early on, this was uh, definitely between a 9 and 8 range. Very strong 9 for a little while for me. Uh, then I gradually, I, I didn't like hate it as it was going into the slice of life because I actually started liking the characters and all that. Though I was like, this isn't, like I said, the swords and knowing that, that this wasn't as much action as I wanted to be definitely dropped it down to like that 8 range. I was like, this is a very good show. It's not doing anything too hard. It's not going too hard with anything, but it's also not making it very simplistic. It actually has some depth to it. And then that ending was just, I don't know. I I sound like I'm just being mean, but I really just didn't like the ending. I felt like they just kind of tried to just jumble that last 20 minutes, 30 minutes together. Nothing made a lot of sense with some things. They they tried to fill in the void with the darkness, trying to give it more explanation. But I, I just felt like they missed the mark on some things. But all in all... I enjoyed the show. I never was like, man, let this end, blah, blah, blah. I really kind of wish it was going to go a little longer so I could know the story of Kyoto and Keita, how they're going to do and what's going to happen in the the uh, 
the furry animal world. But uh, I will give it a solid 7 out of 10. I, I don't think it's doing too much wrong. It's not doing anything spectacular. Um, I know it's got that 8 out of 10 for most people, so I don't think I'm hating on it too much, but it's definitely not the most perfect anime out there. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, and that's kind of how I feel with a lot of um, Hosoda's films. Like, he's a very, you know, like I said, prolific director. People praise him as, like, one of the best when it comes to, you know, anime films. For some reason, I'm always, almost always, like, his films are very good, but not great. Like, for me, they don't hit Shikai's levels. Like, they're not, none of his films, to me, are masterpieces. I think that they're always very good. And I think the I think the fact that he tries to be so accessible to like a, you know, every age is what kind of brings it down a little bit for me. You know, I I can appreciate if a film goes super specific, you know, like this is the demographic that I want to target. And even if, say, it's not for me, like (laughs) Akira is maybe a good example. I don't like it. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, we remember that. Yeah, (laughs) I don't like Akira, but that doesn't mean that I that I think it's, you know, horrible. I can see the appeal. I'm not the targeted demographic really at all, I don't think. Um, but the film is, can be, I can see why people would give it a 9 or a 10 out of 10. But with, you know, with Hosoda's films, it's more like they're great films for what they try to be and they don't try to be masterpieces, I don't think. So, uh, I'm about with you. Uh, you had said that for a while it was sitting at a 9. When I was younger and watched it, I gave it a nine. <laughs> I, I watched the film yeah. this morning, you know, for the review. And then I, I went to my anime list to check my score and I had, I had it as a nine out of 10. And I'm sitting there thinking about it. And I'm like, it's not, it's not a nine out of 10. It's great. It is a really good film, but I think, you know, we've talked, uh, we've given our grievances here and I think that there's a lot to like about it. And if someone came up to me and said, Hey, Boy and the Beast, nine out of 10, Boy and the Beast, 10 out of 10. And if, especially if there's someone who doesn't like to dig into things, they just like to enjoy it perfectly fine. I, I don't have a problem with you saying that. But to me, I think I'm sitting at around an 8.5 right now. So on Mal, I moved it down to, oh, a, you don't, to an you eight. don't give it, uh, the Mal scores. You give it a, your own score. Well, I do get, I do go by Mal, but if I had to, like, cause I'm kind of in between eight and nine, you know, like yeah. if, if I had to pick one, it's an eight. I put it as, as an eight on Mal. I don't think it's, it's up there as a nine for me, but I think as Mal has very good. I do think it is a very good film. I will give it a 7.5 then if we're just going to say my own score. But there since I got to go by Mal standards, it can't hit the 8 for me, but it's definitely a high 7. So Yeah, and that's perfectly fine. I Boy and the Beast is something that I have recommended to people. You know, if people are like, yeah, I, I, I want to watch a movie and I, I like fantasy. I'm like Boy and the Beast because it's so accessible. And that's really, you know, a positive about it. I've said it a lot, but accessibility is a that's not a bad thing, you know? Accessibility is good. That means more people can enjoy it than, say, you know, your ghost in the shell or whatever, you know, your more exactly philosophical film. It's not It's not going to, I don't think, blow you away, but it definitely is enjoyable for a lot of valid reasons. Yeah, I, I there's not too much. We've already beaten it down, but it had a lot of positivity to it. And, you know, I appreciate you uh, giving me this recommendation. So I, I it was worth it to watch, so absolutely and you know thank you for coming on you know it 
It's the first episode. I think it I'm went number really, one. Pre- it's I think all right. it went pretty well. It's, number one, baby. You, Let's go. You don't even need another host. I'm already here. We're pretty much killing it now, so we're good. Absolutely. You know, just the first episode and just never come back. We don't need... <laughs> <laughs> never come back that's all you need <laughs> episode one first and final no but th- absolutely thank you thank you for coming on it was it was a blast you know I'm, I'm glad that we were able to watch this film uh i haven't really gotten a chance to talk about this with that many people yet uh partially because uh as we mentioned it's not deep or anything so most people you know they'll be like yeah i watched the boy and the beast but they don't really want to discuss it i think that there is value in discussing you know pretty much anything as long as you have anything to say about it absolutely it'd be nice to actually both of us i know we also have like dararara together we have some things we watch together we both enjoy so it's good to have something else under the belt that we'll 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 share this moment together of course of course and i'm also you know i'm glad that you finally watched another film you know there's a lot of there's a lot of really good anime films out there so Hopefully oh yeah, I'll have to make my return. More. If you want to have me, I'll be here for a return, that's for sure. Absolutely. Look forward to that, people. Uh we got some more sick guests coming on uh very soon. I plan to do bi-weekly releases. Maybe there'll be some bonuses uh here and there, but we got some great guests coming up soon. I'm not going to spoil who they are just because scheduling is a real bitch sometimes that I don't want to bite myself in the ass. But yeah. Uh hopefully uh whoever decides to listen to this episode, you'll stick around. Uh, to see what comes because i'm you know i'm ready i'm excited i'm having a great time already i'm ready to listen uh jd would you like to uh hit us with your uh where can people find you oh okay so this is normally earthworms but yes i am part one of two hosts of the anime brothers podcast that's just the anime brothers podcast you can find us on anywhere you find podcasts spotify you know apple podcasts pretty much those are our big ones but anywhere you can find them and uh yeah join the discord if you want and we have attack on titan episodes coming out so far every thursday and friday on top of our normal podcast episodes every monday and uh yeah come join along you'll see sky in the discord as well he's uh he's a part of it and we'll all have a good time together absolutely it's always a blast and definitely check him out anime brothers wonderful podcast great i listen to him all the time highly recommended uh and i think with that we are going to uh we're gonna head out of here so thank you everyone for listening and checking out the first episode of the anime infinity podcast i'm excited to see where we go from here and uh i've been sky i am jd and with that we will see you on the other side bye bye now